Coach Danny here. Today we are joined by Katie Saunier. You probably know her from Instagram. She is one of the most recognizable women in the fitness space. She is strong, she is smart, and she has a lot to talk about today. I was really excited to get to sit down with her and discuss her training philosophy, how she specifically trains women, and how she likes to coach women to focus on building confidence and play the long game. We also talk a little bit about recovering from injury, overcoming adversity, and what we're both interested in. So stay tuned, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's chat with Katie Sonia. Hey, Katie, how's it going? I'm good, Danny. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. You know, we got a little bit of rain out here in uh, California, so it's nice and cool. We were talking off air about you having the AC on. How's the weather out there in uh, Florida? It is uh, quite humid as usual, so yeah. the AC must be on. <laughs> yeah, I've only been to Miami around like maybe twice, and actually both times were around this time of year, and it was pretty damn humid. Um, we we get pretty good weather out here, but... Um, yeah, you can't beat that Cali weather. Where are you, where in Cali are you? I'm in Sonoma County where the wine's grown. So all, right. everybody likes to come out here and, and go wine tasting, but we have some of the best weather in the world. So you'll never yeah. hear me complain. Yeah, it can't beat Cali. You know, but I, I've been following you and, and your content for a really long time. So I feel like I'm very familiar with you. I feel like most of my audience will be fairly familiar with you as well because you have such a substantial following on social media. Your content is very unique and it's kind of carved out a, a really nice niche. But I'd love to know, just like to introduce my audience to you and what it is that you do. Like, how did you get started in fitness? What led you to being somebody who's so interested and invested in re resistance training, developing strength, all of that stuff? Because this has become so popular, especially for women. I love to hear how people kind of find where they're, they're at. Yeah, so I, I grew up always playing a sport. Um, but I didn't really get into weight training until I was in college. So I would say um, like around my sophomore year of college is when I like kind of first got my hands like really on a barbell mm -hmm. and I kind of just instantly fell in love. Like I fell in love with the way that it felt, it made me feel. Um, and eventually I was just like, I want to help other people feel this way. But it started out, I was kind of afraid to get bigger. So I was like, my, I would start with the, I remember I would go in every day and I would do 30 minutes on the elliptical. And then I would mm. grab like the light dumbbells and do some arm stuff and then some core stuff on the mat. And then I'd go home and I, I refused to touch the barbell. Cause I was just like, I don't want to get bigger. And like, I just didn't quite understand. Sure. Um, but then like my mindset kind of switched. I started playing around with the barbell my sophomore year of college. And I just absolutely, like I said, I fell in love with it. Um, and since then, I've just been kind of going at it. Um, my love for it continues to grow every year, I would say. Um, I started, so I'm 29 now. So I've been um, training for like 11 plus years now. And I started coaching people I started playing around with it my senior year of college. I would do like some group training classes at a small local gym. I picked up some one-on-ones. Um, so I've been kind of on the gym, gym floor coaching people in person for about eight-ish years now. That's, that's and, really cool. Our, our journeys are not dissimilar. I've done it for about nine. 
Okay. Um, and I also yeah. started in person, which I, I think I love. And, and we'll it's talk probably quite a bit about that. Yeah. In-person training is the best. I, I will never stop doing it. Even though like my main, my main business now is the Train with Katie online training program. Sure. Uh, in-person training is the best. I'll never stop doing that. And I, I'd like to just unpack that a little bit because you are somebody who has a substantial following on social media. And I'm more than sure you're probably able to provide for yourself without doing in-person training at all. Uh, I know a lot of coaches who can't wait to get away from in-person and they really pursue heavily, you know, developing and creating revenue streams that allow them to essentially connect with people exclusively online. But there are a handful of us who still do in-person coaching for a variety of different reasons. Is there a reason that you stick with it? Is there something about it that still calls to you? What, what do you love most about it? Because I think that the industry could use a lot more people who've actually worked with somebody in person. Yeah, I just think um, like it's it's coaching is a skill. And mm -hmm. so it's a skill that needs to be practiced. So like I think about this all the time, like when the pandemic hit and I closed my gym down for a few months and I, I didn't train anyone in person for a few months. And when we started back up, I was like, man, I feel like fucking rusty right now. Like I forget how to do this. Mm -hmm. Like that's not ever how I want to feel. So, so the main reason I continue to train people in person is because I believe that coaching is a skill and it's mm -hmm. a skill that needs to be worked at consistently to continue to get better at it. Um, when I, when the pandemic hit, I shut my gym down for a few months and, and I didn't train people in person for a few months. And I remember when I started back up, I was like, I feel rusty at this. Like, I don't want to ever feel that way again. I want to keep coaching, keep my skills up. So that's one main reason I do it. And then another reason is you just learn so much working with people in person. Um, if I were to like just train myself, like of course you learn a ton being in it, doing it yourself, but you learn even more when you train other people and you, and you learn, like, I would be like living in a bubble if I, if I didn't, if I only trained myself, Sure. you have to have that experience training other people. And I train general population, women, hardworking women who are working all day. They come into the gym at night, exhausted. They have their own struggles and I've just learned so much working with them. So those are the main reasons that I'll continue to do it. And on top of that, I just love it. Like I, I belong in a gym. I recently even picked up a few more clients because I was like, I need to be in here more. I'm happiest in the gym. Like this is where I belong. I don't want to like sit at a desk all day. So I've on, I'm on purpose. I'm spending more time in my gym just because I, I love it. Now, I think that's so great. And, and it, our reasons for doing it are pretty similar. And we probably both train similar clientele. Most of my clientele that I train in person are women. And I think it keeps me grounded. It helps me produce content that I think is helpful. I think in the sure. fitness industry, one of the things coaches and trainers really get caught up in is creating content to impress other coaches and trainers and maybe falling yeah. flat and not really resonating with the people who yeah. need help the most. That is and so and so yeah. like what better way to keep a pulse on what help people need than to work with, like you said, real people with real lives and real problems. And so it, it definitely shows up in your content. And, you know, 
I, I think of you as somebody who's incredibly strong. You've developed an amazing physique. You can do stuff in the gym that's exceptional, whether it's lifting specific or gymnastics. You're, you're certainly an outlier with an incredible amount of work that you have put in. But when we talked off air, just like, hey, well, you know, what's the general direction, um, you know, we want to take for the podcast? We kept it really simple. And you said, you know, let's chat a little bit about what it means to lift for life. And you know, that to me resonated really deeply because that's something I try to champion with all of my clients. But, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you've kind of refined your fitness journey. You know, you said at first you started out being afraid, but then you really fell in love with it. And now, you know, this focus of lifting for life, like, what does that mean to you? How does that show up in your training? And, and more importantly, how does that show up in the people that you work with? Yeah, I think my, like, as the longer I, the the longer I've been in this coaching business, the more I realize, or I'm learning my greatest passion is helping, like my ultimate goal is to help women stay in this for life. Mm -hmm. Like, like a lot of people will say, like, I want to get a barbell in everyone's hands. Like, I love that. That's a great goal. But I want to keep a barbell in everyone's Mm -hmm. hands. I love that. Like, so I like, I often say this, like I picture myself at like 97 years old with like gray hair, wrinkly, but I'm still deadlifting. Sure. And and I'm not like, we're not talking about how much I'm deadlifting. I'm just deadlifting. Sure. Because I'm playing the long game here. So that's like another aspect of it is when you get into this, play the long game. Think, always think long-term with every decision you make. And I think this has, like, I've always kind of had this mentality. I've always really preached this, but I've become like even more passionate about it after I experienced my first real injury last year in the gym. Okay. Um, It was like a back injury that really put me out. And I've had like aches and pains here. And like, I was an athlete growing up. So I've had some different injuries and stuff, but this was the first time where I like really had to like, sit back and be like, what am I doing? So, um, so that really put me out. And, and now that I have overcome it, I realize it was like, they always say like injuries can be the biggest gift, your biggest teachers, if you learn from it. Um, so the main things are, so I work with, I work with hardworking women and, and, and a lot of them want to be the hardest worker in the room and they Mm -hmm. want to, and they want to, they're focused on personal records and they want to go in and they want to work as hard as they possibly can all the time. They want to go ham all the time. They want to hit this PR all the time. And then mentally they struggle with when they can't hit that PR or if their body feels run down and they, and they mentally feel like they should ignore that and still, and still go for the PR anyway. And that's when you can kind of get in trouble. It, it totally is. And, and I just, a lot of what you're saying, I see every day, like I can't help but like grinning as you're talking because it's so prevalent. I would say more so amongst my female clients than my male clients even, which is just the constant desire to push, 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 even if in fact that might be detrimental in the long term. Yeah. Um, so- and so it's, it sounds like you really learned quite a bit from the injury before we like pivot away from that. Can I ask what, what that injury was, how it happened and how you rehab recovered and, and got to where you're at? Because to me, that is, I have suffered training specific injuries before too, and it's very demotivating. And I get probably 
20 questions a week about, hey, I just got X injury. What do I do now? And I think the first thing is you got to get back emotionally. You got to get back mentally. Like, what was that journey like for you? Because if you can do it at at with how high and accomplished you've been physically and what you've done, you probably had to climb quite a bit back. And I'd love to unpack that. Yeah. So I, I, it was just a regular day. I was doing a relatively light load barbell RDL and I I felt like a little weird in my lower back but I decided to ignore it anyway I was like "Hmm, that was weird like I've had kind of weird aches and pains before and and they kind of just like go away Mm -hmm. Um, but this one kind of wasn't and I was like but it it wasn't too terrible like on a pain scale one to ten I would give it like a 4.7 so I just kind of carried on and and my next mistake was I then moved on to barbell lunges, heavy mm. lunges, definitely felt the pain, um, but continue to push through it. Cause my ego was like, no, you need to lunge more than you did last week or we're not on program. Sure. And I, I pushed through a little more pain and then the pain maybe went up to a six at that point. And then I moved on to like a deficit kettlebell straddle lift. And I was like, by that point I was like near a 10 and I was like, shit, but I continued to finish my session. Um, and then I woke up the next day and I was still in pain. Um, and then over the next few days, I was kind of trying to just train around it, but I was still in so much pain and I started feeling so lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, and I, I definitely went into panic mode and like, I see this all the time with clients. Like I have tons of clients that I work with online. And even today there was one guy in our group and he, he hurt his back pulling a deadlift. And like, he even had the video, he felt he was filming himself and like, it looked pretty good, but he tweaked his back. And, um, just by what he was writing, he was kind of, you can tell he was in panic mode and like, and this is why I'm passionate about this because this is exactly how I felt. I was in panic mode. I was lost didn't know what to do. I was freaking out. Like, of course I was like crying to my parents. Like mm-hmm. I, I just was like losing my shit. I didn't know how to handle it. Um, Cause it just obviously affected like my whole life. One being in pain sucks, like sitting on the toilet, can't do that. And then um, getting in and out of the car and then training obviously is a huge part of my life. And then training people, like I was in pain, moving weights around. So eventually I'm like, all right, you guys need to do all these weights, which has ended up being a great thing too, which we can even talk about, but like having my clients be more involved in moving their own weights. Um, but yeah, so now that I just, I'm just like, honestly grateful. I went through this because I feel like I'm such a better coach now and I can, I can give such better advice. And I know that a lot of my members, they saw me go through this and, and like, they even like, it's been almost a year now since it happened. And they still, a lot of them who are going through their injuries talk about like them watching me rehab. Cause I, I show my whole process. Like every day I show my training sessions yeah. on my stories and I just, I, I show my process. So I was showing my PT and rehab. Yeah. I love, I love, I love that too. I I think it's so important to share the journey and like having had injuries before, those are the moments where I'm the least likely to want to share what I'm working on because I feel weak or I feel lame or I feel like it's not great. So kudos to you for, for sharing that. Anyway, continue. I didn't want to hijack it. I I love where this is going. 
I hesitated on that. I was like, fuck, like I'm going to, I'm going to like, I can't be like strong Katie anymore. Like what the fuck am I like? I like kind of lost my identity. And I remember I was like, like so upset talking about it to one of my clients here in the gym. And she was like, she was like, I didn't hire you because you can like bench press whatever X amount of weight. I hired you because of the way that you make me feel and the way that you help me. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like an eye opener. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to like just own this process. I'm going to show it and I'm going to be open and honest. I think that's the best thing that you can do. And I showed the whole thing and I, and right now a year later, I'm the strongest I've ever been. So I just, I'm super passionate about this entire process because it taught me so much. And I feel like I'm such a better coach now because of it. Um, But I went to PT and, and I, I saw PT one to two times a week and like, sure, they gave me exercises, but as a trainer, I was already like, I already knew kind of how to train around the pain. Like I had already done, identified that I like, I can't bend over. So I'm just like not going to hinge right now. I can get away with some body weights. Like I already kind of knew what hurt, what didn't. I knew how to be smart in that way. Sure. The, main, the main reason I kept going to PT was because of my ment- my mental state. I needed mm. someone there to support me one to two times a week to tell me that everything's going to be okay because I didn't know that I felt like when you're in it, you feel so alone and you're like, what? And like, you just feel so isolated and alone and just not yourself. So the main reason I would go was to just keep my brain okay through this process. Um, but it was a 12 week process where I didn't, I basically didn't touch a barbell for 12 weeks for lower body and 12 wow. weeks in the grand scheme of things is nothing, but 12 weeks when you're like us who so long train every day, it was so fucking long. Um, it was the longest 12 weeks ever. Yeah. So 12 weeks without the barbell for the lower body, tons of core work, um, which helped, which I believe helped me rehab it. Um, but the main thing that helped me rehab it was just being smart. And so that was my, that's my big mentality now. And that's part of this training for life mentality is be the smartest worker in the room. Like that is, that is the number one thing. The smartest worker in the room is the one who will be given the gift of training for the rest of their lives. Yeah, no, I I love that. And, you know, it sounds like you've completely rehabbed it. I, I would love to know the ways in which your training has changed. Just like assuming like, hey, yeah. I'm I'm back. I have fortified and perhaps have even strengthened the tissues that were once injured and, and nothing is off the table. But have you adjusted the ways in which you train or program around that? Because like, I'll give you an example personally. Like when I first started training, I was big into the idea of bodybuilding and powerlifting and incorporating those barbell specific movements into my clientele's programming. But I realized, you know, that not everybody needs a barbell on their back or a barbell in their hands to train these foundational patterns. And so, you know, after years of doing it myself and noticing like, huh, the stimulus to fatigue ratio here might not be worth it for all my clients. It showed up that, you know, in my training, I did more goblet squats with clients or more dumbbell RDLs or just more things that I think in general, might've been more aligned. Like it just changed how I worked with individuals. And it gave me a lot more opportunity to work with individuals who were in pain because I had so much more empathy and so much more creativity and understanding around how to regress and modify. Um, I'm guessing this made you a better coach, but I'm curious how it shows up even today and how you train and how you train your clients. 
Yeah. So programming wise, like before pre-injury, I was still big on the basic foundational movement patterns. And I still preach that to this day. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I am also much more open and faster to say to a client, you don't have to do this. No exercise is mandatory. There is Mm -hmm. always modifications. And that's something that so many people like hesitate. I think a lot of people hesitate to like join my program because they think, well, we have to like pull heavy sumo deadlifts because they see me do that. But as soon as you join my program, the first thing I'm going to say to you is none of this is mandatory. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm definitely faster on that. And then I'm just pushing this smartest worker in the room mindset. So like if something feels off or you slept like shit or your warm up sets are slow, Mm -hmm. don't push for that PR, pull back. Yeah. And being and being selective, like I am, I'm much more like before my mentality is like, I want to go ham on the deadlift, <laughs> on the hip thrust, on the, I need to PR my chin-ups, I need to PR my bench, I need to uh, push my lunges, like I was, I was trying to just push everything. Mm-hmm. And something that I've learned is to vary my intensity. So yeah, this has been amazing for recovery. And that's another word that I use more now recovery. Like, how do you feel? How are you recovering? Right. Um, and everyone's different in that way too, but tuning into your own recovery is important. So like not obviously not just copying what everyone else is doing or expecting yourself to recover the same way, sure. all of that staying in your own lane. That's another thing that I'm constantly talking about. I made a post on that today. Um, but yeah, uh, where are we going? We were just we're- talking about recovery. And I, I think it's an, actually an, an awesome segue because, you know, I, I, gosh, I remember like probably five years ago, four or five years ago. Um, Cause you, like I said, you've been a fixture on social media for quite some time. And I, I was working with another trainer and he was working on deadlifting. And he was like, I'm just trying to get as strong as Katie. And I was like, who's Katie? <laughs> And he, sh- he showed me, I'm like, damn, that girl is insanely strong. And so like, yes, over the course of many years of lifting, you, you only had this like one big injury, which I think is actually remarkable. And I think it's a testament to knowing how to take care of your body. Maybe at first it was a little more intuitive and after the injury, it became a little more informed, but so much of the results we generate in the gym are a product of not just how we train, but how we recover from how we train. And I would just love to know what you do to enhance your recovery in the kitchen, in your lifestyle. Like what are the things that are big to you and not just your training, but also what you practice with clients to make sure that these individuals, specifically women who are super stressed, super busy, super on the go, how can we enhance recovery globally? Like what what do you like best? Yeah. So like with recovery, something I always say too, to that is your training program is only as good as your recovery is outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so personally, things that I do to improve my recovery, something that I mentioned earlier is varying my intensity sure. throughout my training week. So I usually, I take my training week one week at a time. That's usually just how I do my life one week at a time. Um, and I'm, I look at it, I'm like, where am I going to push? Like, where are my goals? Where do I want to push? Where am I going to maybe maintain? And then where might I pull back in order to recover well? So like right now, like my personal goals are like really push the sumo deadlift. 
So I know when I have my deadlift session approaching, I'm going to consider that in my session before that. And I might pull back in an area. And there's oftentimes I talk about this all the time. I walk out of the gym feeling like I can do more, but on purpose, I don't. I love that. And and that is something that I've learned year in my early twenties. I was like, I'm not walking out of the gym until I'm limping out of the gym. It's not good enough until I feel like I literally can't walk. And now it's like, I'm so much smarter. I know that I have to vary my intensity if I really want to be in this for the long term and feel recovered and not get hurt. Because at the end of the day, to become your strongest, you have to be pain-free. You can't have constant nagging injuries. Mm-hmm. So that's been huge. Um, another form of recovery that I focus on is sleep. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I've always been... I've always been a good sleeper, so I don't really struggle in that area, but that is huge. Um, And then nutrition, I would say main thing nutrition wise is just focusing on getting enough protein intake. And after working with women for several years now, I have realized that most women aren't eating enough protein. What's going on, guys? Taking a break from this episode to tell you a little bit about my coaching company, Core Coaching Method. More specifically, our app-based training. We partnered with Train Heroic to bring app-based training to you using the best technology and best user interface possible. You can join either my Home Heroes team, or you can train from home with bands and dumbbells, or Elite Physique, which is a female bodybuilding-focused program where you can train at the gym with equipments designed specifically to help you develop strength as well as the glutes, hamstrings, quads, and back. I have more teams coming planned for a variety of different fitness levels. But what's cool about this is when you join these programs, you get programming that's updated every single week. The sets to do, the reps to do, exercise tutorials filmed by me with me and my team. So you'll get my exact coaching expertise as to how to perform the movement, whether you're training at home or you're training in the gym. And again, these teams are somewhat specific. So you'll find other members of those communities looking to pursue similar goals at similar fitness levels. You can chat, ask questions, upload form for form review, ask for substitutions. It's a really cool training community and you can try it completely free for seven days. Just click the link in the podcast description below. Can't wait to see you in the Core Coaching Collective, my app-based training community. Back to the show. Hey guys, taking a break from the show to tell you about our amazing sports nutrition partner, Legion. Legion makes the best evidence-based formulas for sports performance, sports nutrition, recovery, and fat loss. I don't recommend many supplements. In fact, I think you can get the majority of the nutrition you need from a whole foods diet. But let's be honest, many of us are either on the go and need assistance, or quite frankly, we're not going to settle for average and we want to get the absolute most we can out of our training. So Legion is the company I go to for all of my supplement staples, whether it's creatine, which I get from their product Recharge, my protein that I get from either Whey Plus or Plant Plus, two of the best tasting proteins on the market. They come in a variety of flavors and they don't have a ton of fillers and gum. Just whey made from grass-fed cows from Ireland and a plant protein blend with a fully comprehensive dose of amino acids. I like to take a pre-workout. Sometimes I like it with caffeine. Sometimes I like to enjoy coffee in the morning and have my pre-workout later without caffeine. Legion makes both. Both the pre-workout with caffeine and without come with a full dosage of clinically effective ingredients like beta-alanine, 
betaine anhydrous, and L-citrulline to help you perform your best. They also make a phenomenal greens powder loaded with one of my favorite things, reishi mushroom, and a men's and women's multivitamin that contain a few different things that men and women might need for their unique physiology. So when you think of your vitamins, your fish oil, your pre-workout, your protein, all of the things that many of you take every single day. I'd encourage you to check out Legion. They have an amazing line, wonderful products, wonderful flavors, naturally sweetened, no dyes and colors. You can't go wrong. You can shop using the show notes below or by going to legionathletics.com and checking out using the promo code Danny. That will save you 20% and it will actually help you get two times points towards future orders, which you can use the same as cash. Pretty cool, guys. So head over to legionathletics.com and check out using the promo code Danny to save on all your sports supplement needs. Back to the show. Taking a little break from the action here to tell you about our amazing partner, Seed. Seed makes the best probiotic supplement on the market, bar none. I'm very confident with that because I think that the probiotic space and the gut health space in general is filled with people who have no idea what they're talking about or who are looking to make a buck. This isn't to say your gut health isn't important. In fact, it's probably one of the most important and most intriguing developments we have seen in modern medicine and modern physiology. Our relationship with our guts is critical. It's crucial. And taking care of that by eating a lot of different plants, a lot of different fruits and vegetables, getting a diverse array of fiber and resistant starches can go a long way, but so can supplementing with a high quality probiotic. Seed makes the best probiotic on the market with 53.6 billion active fluorescent units. These are organisms that are going to be alive and helping transfer a variety of different benefits to the human host. All these things are actually proven to work in humans. These strains work in humans, not rodents. Seed is not uh, cheaping out here by providing you with any random strain. They're providing you with strains that help with digestive health, gut immunity, gut barrier integrity, dermatological health, cardiovascular health, micronutrient synthesis, as well as many other things. They're vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, um, nut-free, shellfish-free, so very friendly for those of you who may have a variety of different allergies and who are looking for a supplement you can take that can enhance a variety of different things. I have a very, very... Uh, good track record over many, many years of having to deal with things like eczema and having to deal with things like psoriasis on occasion, especially when the weather changes. And I swear to you, since I started taking seed, I have noticed substantially less of that. And there's four strains included in seed shown to help with things like atopic dermatitis. So there you go. Not to mention the plethora of strains for the health of your gut. If you're looking to take your gut health to the next level, you can go to seed.com. Subscribe for their daily symbiotic. You can take one or two a day. You can share it with a partner. Sometimes you can do that. Um, but it goes a long way. It's the best probiotic supplement on the market. I absolutely love it. And you can use the code Danny15 to save. Back to the show. It does seem to be more prevalent with and amongst women, the inability to get enough protein in large part due to just misinformation around nutrition and you know, I know yes. so many women who think either meat is bad for you or protein is going to make you bulky or isn't, isn't it bad for my kidneys? Um, you know, which I think acts as a, a wonderful segue in, into the next section here, which is like, you are absolutely somebody who I think is positioned as an educational authority in our space. You're educated, not just formally, but also you have a ton of skin in the game. You have put a ton of sweat equity into this. You've built an incredible physique. You've overcome bullshit like injuries. You've built a business, you've built a following and you're an expert. 
Um, and so because of that, you probably get questions all the time from people who are either misinformed or they just want to know, you know, hey, what's the shtick, like the, the, the shtick here? Like, what's what's the deal with this thing? Uh, what are some of the things in our space right now, that whether it's misinformation, whether it's, you know, recurrent themes where people are, you know, perhaps uninformed? Like, what do you see more often than not when you're getting questions right now? Like, wh where do you think people are in need of the most guidance? And if you can't even be specific to women? I mean, honestly, I think we need the most guidance in our mindsets. And mm. I, over the years, my content has completely changed. Like, I used to be like, do this exercise, do this for to get a glute pump. Like, sure. Do this this way. And th there's like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, like tutorial videos are great mm -hmm. but like stuff that really gets people to like move and like change what they're doing is is mindset stuff yes um and it's just all the stuff that i've struggled with on my own and stuff that i've learned and overcome and now i just feel like i have to give back and and help these women think differently because mm -hmm. if you think differently then you act differently and you can get what you want so absolutely so yeah, mindset stuff is the biggest thing. Like today's post and like, like you said earlier, you have so you work with so many people every day. It's easy to like get content information. Like I just crank out, I crank, like I'm not into video editing. So like my videos don't go viral, but like my captions, I just like crank them out daily so easily because I just, I have so many women to pull ideas off of because sure. I see, I see what they're struggling with. And like, Yes. I have this, I have this team train with Katie and all these hardworking, badass women from all walks of life. And they all come together in this group and we're doing this training program together. And a lot of them struggle with staying in their own lane. They compare, mm -hmm. they compare their progress to someone else's in the group, or they compare the weight that she's lifting to the weight she's herself is lifting. Or she's like, why am I not getting that type of result that she's getting? And yeah. so, so it's, I'm constantly talking about staying in your own lane. It's the best place to be. It's a wonderful point. And I do find that the comparison being the thief of joy thing is prevalent for all of us. I certainly deal with it as a guy. I see dudes who have killer physiques and I go, damn, like I kind of wish that I looked like that. But it does seem to be a little bit more common with women just because there are so many women who have well-developed physiques and great followings. And it's, it's really hard not to make results at the same pace as maybe somebody who's genetically a little more gifted than you, or maybe they have a little more to give because of their schedule. But I saw a quote the other day, it was about money. And it said, basically, somebody out there is going to get rich faster than you. It's not a tragedy. And it's not an indicator that you won't get rich. And I think the same thing is true of fitness, which is that somebody out there will probably get fit faster than you, but it's not a tragedy. And it's not indicative that you can't get there one day either. But if you just are fixated on the rate and the progress of other people, not only does it slow you down, but it also robs you of the ability to pay attention to your own progress, which as a coach, you know, happens in such small, tiny increments. If you're not paying attention, you almost might not even notice it, especially after you've been in the game for a long time. Yeah, I think that's more mindset stuff. You're focusing on things that you can't control, like, oh, her genetics are better than mine, like, or she doesn't have kids, she has more time for the gym, like focusing mm -hmm. on those two things won't move you forward. Mm -hmm. And then that scarcity abundance mindset, um, where like, 
only some people can get what they want and I can't like that. Again, that's not going to move you forward. But like an example of like I gave an example today because I always talk about my own self because I I feel like some people it's easy to look at people online and you don't think that they're like struggling with the things that they're maybe talking about. So like like giving good advice is like is telling like a story too. I think is what moves people. Um, or inspires them to think differently for themselves. But like, so today for the stay in your own lane thing, I posted a video of me bench pressing and, and I talked about how much I love bench pressing. Like I genuinely just love bench pressing, pressing. I look forward to doing it every week. It brings me joy into my life. Um, But if you were to look at my numbers, like you can argue that I'm not that strong of a bench presser because I'm so I'm six feet tall, 185 pounds, mm-hmm. and I, I still can't bench my body weight, which is like a standard that they have for women benching, whatever. Sure. I can't bench my body weight. Progress has been incredibly slow and a little bit inconsistent. Um, and if you if I were to join like a powerlifting competition with women my size, I wouldn't place anywhere near the top. I'd probably be the weakest woman in the room with yeah. what I bench, but I still love bench pressing because if I focused on how much stronger those women are than me or how slow my progress is and I'm not where I should be, then I would be miserable and I would probably hate bench press bench pressing and I'd probably quit. And then mm-hmm. and that's the mindset that so many people have. They're focused on things outside of their control and then it totally takes the joy out of it and then they quit. Totally. It's interesting too, like I'll give an example, not specific to fitness or weightlifting, but uh, I picked up golf about a year and a half ago during COVID because there wasn't a whole lot of other ways to stay engaged with my friends. We could all meet at the golf course and hang out and get outside. And I'd never swung a golf club in my life. And I am not good at it now, but I was certainly worse at it when I got started. And if I had paid attention to how good my friends were doing and compared myself to how good my friends were, I probably would have never gotten anywhere. And it was really the first time in my life where I had the opportunity to say, hey, look, listen, you need to just focus on having a good time, enjoying this and getting better one step at a time. I literally had to tell myself that on every swing, I had to fake it until I make it because it was really hard at first not to do that. And I think with weightlifting, I've always done okay. I've always been fine with, with my rate of progression and where my physique's at. But with this, it was like, oh my gosh, I suck at this and everybody's watching me suck at this. And it makes me, it, it gave me so much empathy. It gave me so much better ability to communicate to people who were new to lifting and maybe nervous about going to the gym or nervous about looking silly and, you know, being new and just getting started with something and having to go through those struggles or something like benching where you're so good at resistance training as an activity, but this particular element maybe isn't keeping pace with some of the other areas where you're excellent and just being able to give yourself grace and roll with it and be like, yo, this is part of my journey. I'm getting better as best I can. And I am in love with that process. Like, I think that is so phenomenal. And I wish that, you know, I I love that that shows up in your and my content. I wish it showed up more across our industry. And I think that just being transparent and saying like, Hey, you know, I'm a badass. Like if you look at my content, I'm probably top 
1% in the world in terms of what a female can do in the gym. But even I have areas where I want to work on, like, I just got to give you kudos for sharing that. Cause I think that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's always important. Like as, as we are like leaders, I think it's important to bring ourselves back to that. We are just human and we're doing what they're doing. Perhaps we have in training wise, we have a lot more year, many more years under our belt with experience, but we all start somewhere. And I think it's so important to just own that, like, just own, like, I'm going to suck at this and I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to keep showing up and I'll get a little bit better every time I show up. Here's a question I ask pretty much every coach that comes on the podcast. And, and I think it's a good question because it, it shares a little bit about you and, and how we develop as professionals and what we're excited about. But you know, are there things in the fitness space, nutrition space, recovery space, anything that you're excited about, that you're learning about, that you find fascinating? All good coaches are constantly continuing and expanding their education. And uh, an example of this would be like I was talking to Jacob uh, Skepis of JPS Education. They're big in Australia. And he's really fascinated right now by psychology and elements of how our psychology influences our behavior in the gym. What are the things that you're kind of the most intrigued by and interested in learning about having now been a coach for eight years, nine years, I think? Honestly, I'm, I'm most passionate about this mindset stuff. And I've, I've in the last, the last in 2021, I became a reader. So post college, like I graduated college at 22 at 22 and I'm 29 now. So there was about like seven years there where I wasn't consistently reading books. And then last year I was like, I need to, like, I need to sit down and read books. Like I need mm -hmm. to keep my brain fresh. I need to be learning stuff. And of course it's important to learn stuff that you're passionate about so you can stick with it. So I'm endlessly passionate about the mindset stuff because mm -hmm. I really, once you change your mind, you can change your life. That's true. So I became a reader and I'm similar to how I teach training, start slow to go fast or do less, but be consistent. So I started with 10 pages per day. So I committed to 10 pages per day every day. And I stuck to that for a few months. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm just like totally in love with reading. And now I'm like crushing a book like every week. Wow. I, I was like reading. I literally walked into the gym today with my book. I was like, who have I become? I kind of wow. <laughs> That's so cool. So the book I'm reading now is 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's... Have you had a particular book or series of books that you've read since you began this habit that have been particularly transformative? Yeah, The, the Slight Edge by okay. Jeff Olson. Mm -hmm. That was a really good one. And, and all the books that I read, I share with my team too, and they all read them and, and they're, they, a lot of them totally resonates with them. And it's just, it's about taking small steps each day that compounds over to something big in the long term. Yeah. And when I think of anything that I've done in my life, that's exactly how it's done. And I want to be better about coaching that. And these books have really helped me. So yeah, I think that's my that's my ongoing education is getting my mind right. <laughs> I, I love that. And I you know what? Like I I think that's probably a journey that doesn't have an end point. Like there's yeah. always refinement we can do on the psychological end of things, whether it's 
how we interface with the world, how we interface with each other. You know, that that lane of personal development, if you will, is almost limitless. And it's very encouraging to hear that you're focusing on that. Something I think I'd like to close with is, you know, you've accomplished a lot. I think you have kind of acted as a trailblazer in many ways for a lot of women in the fitness industry. When, when I first started coaching, you know, female personal trainers were substantially less common than male personal trainers. And now I'd say it's close to 50-50. And I think that if you were to look at the actual, you know, statistics of who's getting certified now, I'd say more women are than men. And I think that that is phenomenal because having more female coaches helps us better relate to female clients and women who are at various points on their fitness journeys. Um, but I doubt this is where you plan on stopping. So I have to ask like, you know, what, what, what are you building towards? What are your big goals? You know, what are you excited about attacking in your future? Cause you've done so much, but I feel like this is just kind of the beginning for you. I just want to like live my, I don't have specific goals, but I, I want to just live my mission every single day. Well, that sounds really good when you put it like that. Wow, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, I wake up at 5.01 every morning, like excited to just like keep pushing this movement forward. And I really just feel like I'm, I'm a part of that. I feel like I'm a part of something big, like pushing this movement of women training and gaining confidence and feeling great in their own skin and just owning what they do and who they are. And, and that's what keeps me excited to wake up every day and do what I do. So there's no, there's no outcome goal. It's just a process and living my purpose and mission every day. Well, I, I can't think of a better way to put a bow on it than that. That is one of the most wonderfully articulated purposes, right? We're all out here trying to hopefully live a purpose-driven life, but that's a pretty great way to put it. I, I might take something from that and focus a little bit more on pushing for purpose rather than outcomes, because I think we can all get caught in the destination happiness trap of, I will be happy when I have accomplished X, Y, Z. But to listen to somebody who's accomplished so much say that they're just loving the process, I think that that's a beautiful way to close. Katie, where can everybody keep up with you? I'm sure they'll like to after they've heard this. Yeah. So the main, the main social media I do now is Instagram, just my name, Katie Sonier, K-A-T-I-E-S-O-N-I-E-R. And then from there, you can check out my website and that's where you can check out my online training program, TWK or Train with Katie. Katie, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me.